You're listening to the Alpha Buddha Podcast, bringing you the knowledge and expertise from specialists in the fields pertaining to fitness, romance, finances, and positive psychology, dedicated to helping you discover your true potential and live your best life. This is your host, Sonny Savage. In in this episode, we are joined once again by Susie Real, and we're going to be talking about the ketogenic diet, intermittent fastings, and the benefits of not eating, as strange as that sounds. Susie, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. And when you say the benefits of not eating, guys, you do eat on keto. In fact, I've, I eat better now than I ever ate before. So... Right, right. Well, what I was talking about specifically of like the benefits of not eating is, you know, we, we have this kind of mindset, this, this, this idea that we must eat three square meals a day was actually something that was invented by the Industrial Revolution, I think in like the 1800s, um, where they like segmented like it was like breakfast, lunch and dinner. It was actually an invention of that time period. Before then, people just kind of ate you know, whenever they felt like eating. Yeah, when they were hungry. But and they stayed Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they stayed thin. <laughs> However, um, the the scientists are starting to see that, like, actually people who do periodically restrict calories, they actually live longer. They've, they found this in, in lab mice by restricting calories. Not saying that this is fun and that you want to do this all the time, because, come on, like, food's amazing. Like, who doesn't like to eat? I know I do, but the um, the bottom line is that calorie restriction is actually one of the most, um, how you say, promising f- things we found so far to increase longevity. So that's that's why I'm saying the benefits of not eating. But of course, you know, on keto, people eat really good. Absolutely, and you know that's one of the reasons why when I first got started with keto. My, uh, um, I had looked at it. I was almost 250 pounds, you guys. And I had looked at that way of eating that summer before I got started. And I thought, whatever, I can't give up my carbs. I can't give up my, my sugars. Um, hello. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, um, and then, you know, my eyes just kind of got open to the, the mess that I'd gotten myself in. I was 250 pounds. I was very unhealthy. I had gotten to the point where I could barely get out of the floor to, you know, mm. and I wanted to get down to the floor and play with my grandbabies. And, and so I said, well, you know what? I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. No matter what, this is going to be the way um, mm. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this work for me. And uh, um, I, it's really mental, you guys, because people say, I can't do that. Like I said, you can't do that. But the truth is, you can do anything you put your mind to. And it's between your two ears what you get accomplished in life. And uh, they, uh, the old saying is, you have your pencil. What you write is up to you. Right. So uh, um, I started doing keto um, and absolutely fell in love with it because of the things that I was able to eat just, just rocked my soul. I mean, I love butter. I love whipping cream. I love, you know, salads with dressing and bacon and eggs and steak. And, you know, I'm like, 
heck yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? This is awesome. Mm. And I immediately saw the weight loss start. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like any any diet that says bacon is a diet food, yeah, <laughs> sign me up for that. Amen. Sounds great. I mean, hmm. yeah. When I when I first started uh, a ketogenic diet. Um, I had no idea what I was doing at first. And I was kind of just kind of playing it by ear. Like I started off with, um, let's see here. I, I was doing a lot of beans and meat and cheese, but I wasn't doing enough fats. Yeah. And the beans had like too many carbs. So I wasn't really getting into a proper state of ketosis. I mean, it was, it was a mess. I did make some progress. Like I lost the first time I tried keto, I lost about what? I think about like 30 pounds. Wow. That's a, that's roughly, that's a little over, um, 15, that's like 15 kilograms, 14 kilograms for those of you on the metric system. Wow. But yeah, the, the, the results were not that stellar because I wasn't doing it right. And, um, then I recently dabbled in the carnivore way of eating. I don't know if you're familiar with that. We kind of, we kind of touched on that last yeah, time with me. when, uh, yeah. yeah, when, when Hester was, was on the show with us yeah. and, um, yeah, the thing is, the problem with the carnivore diet is there's there's a tendency, I've, I noticed for at least for myself, that if I'm not careful, I'll eat too much protein and not enough fat. Yeah. And like what will happen to me is I'll be like kind of hungry still. Yeah. And I really need those fats to satiate myself. Right. And what I've been doing to like to balance it out is I make sure that like I start the morning with like a big buttered coffee. And then I just kind of like go from there and make sure that while I'm eating meat, them also eating like really fatty cuts of meat as well, like ribeye and stuff like that. Oh, ribeye is my favorite, y'all. Oh, I love ribeye. <laughs> love ribeye. Yeah, that's, that's my husband and I, one of my favorite meals. You say you can't go out to eat on this. Well, that's not true because, you know, we'll go out. One of my favorite places that we go is the um, Outback Steakhouse and we get the mm -hmm. ribeye and then I'll get a great salad with bacon and eggs and I've got ranch dressing and I just get the croutons and uh, my husband will get the big ribeye and then I'll eat the, you know, it's the old saying, Jack Spratt could eat no fat, the wife could eat no lean, and together they pick the cupboard clean, you know. Yeah, I, no, I was thinking about that, the yeah. nursery, and it's like, you know, that makes no sense, because, like, if if the, white was eat, if the wife was eating no lean, wouldn't she get thinner? Because, like, <laughs> fat makes you thin when you eat fat. Like, that's been my experience. Like, when, I've, when I'm, like, chowing down on butter and cheese, like, the mm. pounds just fall off. But when I'm eating, like, you know, muffins, crackers, and biscuits, and cookies, ugh, yeah. Well, not only am I retaining a lot of water, but like, it just, oh God, like yeah. I've, I remember now in all fairness, you know, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not the best when it comes to dieting. Like I love my Snickers bars. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I, I know I'm not supposed to be eating them, but from time to time I do indulge because I'm not dogmatic about it, but man, do I feel the side effects from that? Like with, with not, not even like the next day, we're talking like three hours after the fact, I just feel bloated and puffy, like, yeah. like my face and the neck. It's almost immediate. I mean, it's crazy how it's almost immediate yeah. you messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, God, and then I'm thinking to myself, it's like, oh, was it worth it? It's like, of course it was worth it. They were Snickers. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that makes me really sad is, you know, um, you know, the more you know, the more you know, right? And uh, right. Um, my my husband's mother-in-law, we, we just, we didn't celebrate, but um, yesterday was three years 
from the day that she had mm-hmm. passed away from lung cancer. And, uh, my and my mother passed away from stomach cancer as well. And the thing that, remi- that connects the two of them is obviously we're in the South. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, they live the Southern diet. And my husband's mother tried to eat really, really healthy. And her idea of eating healthy was to eat a lot of beans. And now, mm. in retrospect, I look back and I realize that she was actually loading up on carbs and yeah, carbs and sugar yeah, into sugar mm. and sugar feeds cancer. So yep. thought she was eating healthy. She was actually not, you know, mm. and same with my mom as well. So um, it's my it's in my heart to share that with people. You know, I had a friend that was recently diagnosed with cancer and her doctor put her on the keto diet and said, mm. you have got to go low. I mean, no carb if possible. You know, they were really right. um, um, trying to defeat this cancer in her body. And and cancer and the, uh, the keto diet was the recommendation. Mm. Yeah, the, 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 somebody was explaining to me the reason why keto can be so effective as an anti-cancer method or treat. You wouldn't want to call it a treatment, but it's like a method to aid with the treatment of other, you know, traditional ways of taking care of cancer is a cancer cell does not have the flexibility to also eat fat. Right. Because like you're a healthy human cell can use fat for energy or it can use sugar for energy, but cancer cells can't make that switch. They can't use ketone bodies for energy. So when we only eat ketones or we're only eating fat predominantly, the, sh- the, the cancer basically just starves to death. So yeah. it can't continue to grow because it just, it dies. That's nothing to feed off of. But it's really tricky though, because like I had one of my late mentors, you know, God rest his soul. He um, had brain cancer and he, and he was supposed to be on the keto diet as well. But I mean, that stuff, it hijacks your system. And like every morning when I go out to see him, we'd go to the same diner and he'd be sitting there in front of a plate of French toast with syrup. And I'm like, I, I didn't need to say anything to him. I said, yeah, you, you know what I'm thinking. So I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. And he was actually quite young when he passed. He was only 55. Oh my gosh. He was very young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. I'm 58. So 55 is a baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm 35. So 55 doesn't seem that old to me anymore. Right. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. But and you know the the interesting thing that's really beneficial with the keto diet is there are things that hijack the body, like uh, candida. Yes, absolutely. and it feeds on sugar. And well, then the candida has a way of communicating to our brains. It's like, hey, chase after carbs. And I, and then and now that I'm mentioning it, that I'm wondering. Was it really me that was going after the Snickers bars or was it the Candida? Right. Probably the Candida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. It, it does hijack you. Now, another thing that um, that people may not know, um, Keto Diet was originally developed in um, for people that have got um, epilepsy. It helps yep. to fit the brain so that it's fed with the good nutrition and with the fats and your brain works better on the keto diet. And, um, I actually had someone come up to me, the the lady that teaches my, my aerobics class the other day, she's my friend on Facebook and she's seen my journey and she's seen my, my, uh, uh results. And she said, 
you know, and no keto, y'all, really is coming up and up and up in the forefront. You know, it's almost like it's a revolution. It's not going anywhere, right? And uh, um, but she said that she had a friend whose son had epilepsy, and they put him on the keto diet. And where he was before having regular occurrences in epileptic seizures, he mm-hmm. is now seizure free has been for at this moment two weeks, mm. which for them is dramatic. And uh, mm. um, and so it. That's the neat thing about what the keto diet does is it feeds your brain. Um, it helps to make you think more. And in also um, people that are that are older that have a Alzheimer's or or dementia, um, think about how this diet can help you to be able to uh, um, to to stay that away. You know, try to keep your mm. brain healthy. In other words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's dementia is really scary. And, you know, I was actually thinking about that just yesterday when I was at the hospital and I was thinking to myself, you know, if I lost all of my limbs and I was just in a bed, but I still had my mind, yeah. I could still find some kind of like meaning in life or some reason to continue living. Right. But once the mind is gone, it's like there's nobody home. Right. You know, it's really sad. Like I, I'm, I'm dealing with these patients on a regular basis and, you know, I'm talking to them and they're just, they, they have no idea where they are, who they are, what they are. They're just like these, these vapid, empty vessels, just like staring at the ceiling and breathing. And it's just tragic. But I strongly believe that a lot of, like you were saying, that this is lifestyle related. Yeah. And uh, what a lot of people don't understand about dementia, and now they're saying that dementia is actually a... Um, a branch off from diabetes and diabetes is not, it's not like cancer where it's like the, you know, death by guillotine, you know, where you suddenly you just die. Diabetes is death by a thousand cuts, literally, Mm. because what it, what it is. And that we've, we, they talked about this. And when I was going to a paramedic school is the sugar actually maintains a crystalline uh, structure in the blood wow. and will actually start slicing at the tiny capillaries, which are like the tiny like veins in behind the eyes and in the kidneys. And that's why people experience kidney failure and like their eyes get damaged with uh, and also their, their feet go as well, because those are where the tiniest capillaries are in the body, is in the eyes, yeah. feet, and also in the kidneys, because it's getting sliced up by those those sugar crystals. Wow. And You're the awesome. sugar crystals are staying in the blood too long because the their bodies have either become insulin resistant. And for those who don't really understand what insulin resistant is, I can just give you like a quick uh, TLDR on that. Um, how, how it's supposed to work is there's sugar that goes into the blood and then it's, there's a insulin is basically like a key that unlocks the cell and allows the sugar to go inside of the cell. That's how it's supposed to work. The problem is with people who have diabetes, the cells are no longer um, responding to the keys. Mm. Like the, the key won't fit into the lock anymore. So the sugar just continues to float around free in the blood and then it just wreaks all kinds of havoc and starts slicing everything to shreds. Yeah. That's really what what you know diabetes is in a nutshell. And people who are suffering from diabetes, like my parents, for example, they could eat a muffin and they feel totally fine. It's like, oh, I don't feel like I'm dying right now. I feel totally okay. Because the thing is, like, people can have sky high sugar, 
And that's actually not immediately dangerous. Hyperglycemia is more, is less dangerous than hypoglycemia. Hypo is like not enough sugar. Hyper is way too much. So somebody could be walking around with, you know, 800 blood sugar and they would feel totally normal. But what they don't know is their, their, their body is just getting sliced to ribbons by all of these sugar crystals basically. Oh gosh. So that's, that's kind of like the, the trade-off with that. And then I see these people in the hospital. I just feel so bad for them. They're missing, they're missing limbs. They can't see their minds are gone because they've just, they've been at it too long. And a lot of them are quite young. We're talking about people like who are like 32, uh, 35, 38 already missing like toes and, 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 and feet. You know, they, it's, they, it's kind of like a dark, to... yeah, go ahead. Um, I, when my, when my husband was in construction for many, many years and he had a, um, an employee that was a young man, who was a very young mm-hmm. man, come to work every morning and every morning he would have a honey bun and a Pepsi. And that was mm-hmm. breakfast every day, a honey bun and a Pepsi. He would wake up and that would be. That would be it, you know, and um, he actually in his later years and which were not very old. He was like in his mid 30s. Um, he mm. developed diabetes and eventually passed away from the diabetes. Oh, my uh, goodness. You know, um, when I was a kid, I had a, a lady that was I, I just love her. But she uh, um, she was my babysitter as a child. And then I babysat her children. And I walked into her kitchen one day and there was a container in the kitchen and it was labeled white death. And here I am, this 15-year-old girl babysitting, you know, and I've called my mom. And this has been a while, y'all. I'm 58. So I called my mom on the regular house phone because, you know. And uh, I said, Mom, oh, my God, she's got white death in her kitchen. And she said, honey, that's sugar. Mm -hmm. Sugar is the culprit. Sugar, in most cases, um, it causes so many things that can go wrong in your body. You know, it causes inflammation. It causes just tons of issues so uh, um so i am now i've been on the keto diet for two years um i am not missing sugar at all to to replace that sugar with other i do like a sweet but with my sweet on the keto diet i use monk fruit sweetener i use erythritol um swerve um Stevia is an amazing sweetener and they're, they have very low in the hyperglycemic levels. So they're very low. And so um, they do not affect your body the way that sugar does. And I just wish right. people, if you're considering the keto diet, I just wish that you would walk into a um, grocery store and start reading labels. Just look at the Coca-Cola that you're fixing to drink. And so many people tell me, oh, I just love my Coke. I can't give up my Coke. I never drink water. I drink, you know, Coke and Pepsi and all this stuff. Well, you need to see how much sugar you're consuming on an average on a daily basis. Um, it, there's hidden sugars in everything. There's hidden carbs in everything. Um, and you you just don't realize what you're doing to yourself. You think, oh, well, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating an orange and I'm having watermelon. And, I'm, you know, this is all healthy stuff. And, well, maybe it's healthy stuff, but it's very high in sugar. So um, yeah. hidden sugar. Yeah, so pineapple, something what? something really interesting about, like, when you're saying orange, oranges, orange juice, strangely enough, is is basically the same about the same as about as Coca-Cola as far as being healthy because when they pasteurize the orange juice 
it actually kills off all of that that uh, orangey citrusy flavor. So what people recognize as orange flavor, orange juice flavor, is actually engineered in perfume laboratories. Strangely enough, so yeah, yeah it's it's just it's just a uh, unhealthy sugar. Now, uh, something something I wanted to, you know, just kind of wanted to segue the conversation real quick because uh, we're getting to the the halfway mark here. Um, intermittent fasting. Now, you know, th- this is this is something that was introduced to me relatively recently, all things considered. And um, the benefits of fasting have been tremendous. And part of the reason why that is, is, you know, the human body is not built to be constantly in this state of being fed. You know, we, we have this, this, this idea, it's like, okay, as soon as I get hungry, I got to eat something. But that's not how this, this body is, is set up to function. And actually going through, you know, having some kind of intermittent periods of fasting have tremendous health benefits. Part of the reason why that is, um, is a process called autophagy. Are you familiar with what autophagy is? Uh, I, I am not. Okay. Autophagy is basically the body's way of recycling damaged cells and then repairing healthy cells with like the, the deconstructed um, parts of the body. So, you know, when we go through periods of fasting, the body's like, okay, there's not enough you know, supplies to keep everything running. So let's go into repair mode. So it starts breaking down all of the, like, the damaged stuff and repairing the healthy cells with that. That is autophagy in a nutshell. And in a nutshell, also there is it. It, it uh, preserves muscle mass. It reduces a dangerous um, hormone marker. I can't remember the name of that off the top of my head. Um, I think it's HG one. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but, it reduces your leptin levels. It is yes, yes, as well. Yeah. So ba- basically, it reduces inflammation. It really helps with uh, preventing cancer and heart disease, just by having some type of uh, intermittent fasting protocol. Um, the more the more po- the more popular one is like I think it's called the sixteen eight, where they fast for sixteen hours a day and then they feast within an eight hour window. Um, but I've done more extreme fasting than that myself. Like I've got, I've gone on at least three, seven day water fasts so far. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. and I can't give up my food. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. But <laughs> what you don't I, have to. the way that I, the way that I incorporated intermittent fasting up, like I said, I started this keto journey two years ago, just this week, actually. And, uh, um, and I had lost down 60 pounds, um, by, wow. I ate because you guys have to realize that 70% of weight loss is what you put in your mouth. Okay. It's not exercise. Exercise is wonderful and helps. It's great for your heart. It's great for your body, but it is not necessary with the keto diet. So if there is someone that cannot exercise, the keto diet can still be, um, can still be good for you, can still work for you. Um, but I got to the point where I felt like I was stuck, that I couldn't go any further. Um, and I started incorporating the 16-8 intermittent fasting. So what I did was I stopped eating after 6 p.m. at night, and I didn't eat again until 10 a.m. the next morning. I would get up and have my Bulletproof coffee in the morning, my keto coffee. 
Uh, but food-wise, I kept my food window between 10 and 6, and it kick-started the, the rest of my loss. I wanted, my goal was 80 pounds. I reached it. I have been able to maintain it for over a year. Um, the benefits, though, of intermittent fasting, it stimulates your brain function. It increases mm. your fat metabolism. It does help prevent cancer, promote your weight loss, improves your heart function, boosts the immune system, and helps improve your glucose tolerance. So um, if that's something, if you do, you, you can try it right away. There's some people that they don't even, they don't even diet, but they just do intermittent fasting. They don't eat after six. Yeah, that's true. Are, are you familiar with OMED? Have you ever heard of OMED? One meal a day. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's this there's this one uh, celebrity. Well, he's a web liberty on um, Instagram, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's on Instagram and he he eats these outrageous cheat meals every day. What? But it look it looks like a cheat meal, but he actually has carefully calculated all of his macronutrients in this one massive meal. And he eats it around like two AM or 1 a.m. in the morning, and he live streams it on Instagram. Wow. I believe. <laughs> and the guy still has a six pack. And there's some people who are following his OMED way of eating, and they've had tremendous results. For me, uh, like I, I could do OMED, but I kind of, I kind of like having a second meal after I get back from work. I like to. So, like, I'll, yeah, like, so, I'll, like, I'll usually, like, have like a golden coffee before I go to work. Yeah. And then when I get back from work, I'll have, something else like maybe some kind of low carb key like keto something or a steak or something like that and then i'll go to sleep and that's done me pretty well when i can stick to it but (laughs) you know like uh, the there is a transition period i've noticed like if because like i've 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 fallen off the wagon quite a few times when it comes to keto just being transparent you know it's not keto it's not keto yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 difficult staying low carb zero carb for long periods of time because there are some foods that i personally miss i mean everybody's different but i notice that like every time i get back into keto there's a price to pay let me tell you like i had keto flu for about three days Woo! and then <laughs> but then after after the those three days passed i felt amazing like yeah. really good. I was yeah. like, oh, I feel so good right now. So it's kind of like, it's like, okay, yes, we can go on this this binger for a while. Not a problem. And it's not going to completely destroy all of the progress we've made. But, you know, there's going to be a price to pay getting back into our normal routine. So yeah. I just kind of have to mentally brace myself for that. Do, do you have like any tricks that you you use to help your friends and clients like get over that bell curve of the, the keto flu a bit faster. I've heard that salt helps. Yeah. Absolutely. But... One of the things that I really enjoyed during my, uh, my uh, um, keto starting um, there, the thing called soul water and it's spelled S O L E. And basically it's pink Himalayan salt. And you take the pink Himalayan salt crystals, the rocks, and you put them in a glass jar with a, with a uh, not metal lid. So a plastic lid, and uh, um, put some fresh water in with it and then just let it sit for 24 hours. And you notice that the pink Himalayan salt permeates the water. And every morning when I would get up, I would take a tablespoon of the pink Himalayan salt 
and a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. And I would put it mm. in, you know, about four ounces of water. And I would drink that first thing in the morning. And it's better if the water is warm water. Um, and it helps to just feed your cells. I mean, I would do that before I had coffee. I do that before I had anything. And uh, I really never suffered from keto flu. Oh. Hydration. Well, lucky is- you. Well, lucky yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but see, honestly, I, I did have a headache when I first started mm. keto. But I've been true keto for two years now, and I don't. I'm not going back. So I'm happy. Mm. I'm happy where I am. I'm. I'm making it work. You know, I do video through videos under hashtag the keto chef, just to kind of show you guys how easy it is to maintain your keto lifestyle. You know, you can mm. go out to eat on keto. You can go. You know, you just have to change the way that you you tell people. And you know, it's my 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 goal to um to help people that are actually um that are waiters and waitresses and in and business owners to uh to have a keto a keto option like when i was in florida this last week um they actually made for me an all cheese taco shell i mean it was amazing really i'm like oh my god y'all are awesome this is so cool So, I mean, little things like that make me excited. So, I know I'm easy to please. Just feed me cheese and bacon and and butter and I'm a happy camper. (laughs) My husband. Cheese and bacon. My husband knows. He knows the way of my heart. Last night he brought me home the biggest T-bone steak I have ever seen in my whole life. I mean, it was huge. That's like, oh, you do love me. You really love me. (laughs) It was like one of those those Flintstone steaks, right? It was. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So, um, but you know, like I said, when I first started it, I eat better now than I ever did before. I mean, Mm. before I would put crap in my body, honestly, you know, sugar and candy and chips. And I was addicted to tortilla chips. That's one of the things that was really hard to Mm. think about. Doritos. I love, I love Doritos. Mm. You know, I wish that everybody that's listening to our podcast would look at the ingredients of what you're putting. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Start reading the labels. That's if I if I have not if I've taught you anything. If you're listening, and I have taught you anything, it's to read the label, to see what you're putting in your body, um, because your body is all you got. Nobody's giving you another one. This is it. So true. So you so true. Be sure of what you are ingesting on a daily basis. It's important. You got a whole life to live. I mean, um, I knew I do know that one of the health benefits of keto and intermittent fasting can help prevent Alzheimer's disease. And if you know of anybody that has that, you know how horrible it is. So you want to do whatever you can now to prevent it. And- now I, I do have a, a little question though. Yeah. Um I've been wanting to get my parents to really give keto a try, um, because they are diabetic. And I know that it would really help them with their insulin resistance. Yes. But the problem that I'm kind of worried about is like if they start going keto and start doing things like intermittent fasting, is there any danger of them like suffering from hypoglycemia? Like not enough sugar in the blood? Well, you know what? The thing about it is, is diabetes is healed, not so much healed, but is maintained by keto. So uh, um, there is, you're still going to have foods um, 
that are going to help to to run your body, so to speak. So, um, you know, as long as they're monitored by their doctor, I don't see any issue with it. They, but they should actually go to their doctor and talk to them about it. But okay. y'all keep in mind that doctors, more and more doctors are coming over to the keto way of life, but there's still a lot out there that don't. And it's crazy. And we had a doctor on staff at my company that, you know, before he was all about, you know, learn to relax, get to bed on time, do your exercise, eat white meat, you know, drink lots of water, um, fruits, right. vegetables, whole grains. And, you know, when keto came about, he said to me, he said, Susie, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and he was 100% believing that the keto and, and I mean, I, I can tell people right now that I, I'm, I'm, I'm an example of it, you know? <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, there's so many, there's so many myths out there about saturated fat and red meat and all these kind of things. And, um, the, the really weird thing about saturated fat and red meat being like connected to heart disease and early death and cancer is those studies were based on a type of science called epidemiology and epidemiology. For those who don't know exactly what that is, it's basically a questionnaire that they have people fill out and then they just observe them for like the next, you know, 30 plus years to see who's still alive and who dies and who gets cancer and who doesn't. But the problem is when people are filling out questionnaires, they can't give the most accurate information. Also, epidemiology does not take into account like the other habits that those people might have had. So like somebody who eats a lot of red meat, they might also smoke. They might also drink a lot of alcohol. So that's not there is correlation but it's not necessarily causation. And to say that meat is a carcinogen equal to plutonium is absolutely nonsensical. Mm. But I mean, like that's, they, 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 they've actually scheduled um, lunch meats with the same level of carcinogen as plutonium. Now yeah. I don't think lunch meat's healthy for you because it has all those nitrates and all that other kind of crap in there too. But uh, you know, Unlike plutonium, if I put like a, a slice of bologna under my pillow, I'm not going to wake up in the morning with brain cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my just daughter's saying. allowed to eat lunch meat, and that's crazy. I mean, so it just goes to show you that there's some stuff in there that's not good for you. Um, oh, yeah, sure. If you look at the difference between glucose, running your body based on glucose, you were asking about the diabetic thing, versus mm -hmm. ketones. On glucose, carbohydrates are metabolized into glucose as fuel for your body. And then this fuel gives you a burst of energy and your insulin level rise and your blood sugar spikes. But the energy from glucose doesn't last. The blood sugar crashes, hunger kicks in and cravings start. You eat more carbs and start the process all over again. And when your body does not use all the glucose for fuel, it's stored as fat. And that's when you gain weight. Now, when you're mm. running your body based on ketones, you decrease your carbohydrate, carbohydrate intake or you fast to cut off the glucose metabolism. And in, ab in absence of glucose, your body shifts into ketosis, metabolizing stored fat from excess glucose for energy. The fat is metabolized in your liver as ketones to be used as fuel for your body. And then ketones provide sustained energy, so no spikes are crashing and are a high energy fuel source for your brain. Hence the reason why it's so good for you to... Um, if for someone who has a predispensation towards um, brain issues, Alzheimer's, dementia, that type thing. Okay. Um, 
So if somebody has a predisposition towards Alzheimer's, this could be a viable option for them. Absolutely. Just gotcha. for um, people that have uh, um, seizures. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like for, for people who have epilepsy. Yeah. Also, another thing that they discovered about the keto diet, I don't know if you know about this, but they actually found that it was tremendously helpful for uh, military divers. Yes. Yes, that's where they discovered because like they're having a problem with the divers having seizures. So then they put them in like a, on a keto diet regimen and the seizures went away. So. Uh-huh. If you know anybody who's struggling with like like epilepsy or something like that, like it's not going to hurt them. Now, one one thing that I want to point out, like before before we go, because we're running out of time, um, one thing that a lot of people don't understand about the keto diet is they say, okay, I gotta have my gotta have my veggies, gotta have my veggies. So like they they super load on way too much spinach. And then they start complaining if they get kidney stones. But what a lot of people don't understand is spinach is not that healthy for you. Oh, wow. That was just a bunch of like uh, propaganda to, that was, co- that was com- collaborated back in the day. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. The reason why spinach is not that healthy is it has something in it called oxalic acid. And what oxalic acid is, it's an anti-nutrient that is created by plants because believe it or not, Plants don't want to be eaten either. No, no living thing would choose to be eaten. Wow, right? But so that's how plants can't run away like animals. So what plants do is they create toxins to make them less enticing for eating. And oxalic acid, what it does is it binds with minerals in the body, predominantly um, calcium. And calcium oxalate is basically what kidney stones are. Wow. So That's- if you're not willing to give up your spinach, please, 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 please make sure you are eating um, plenty enough citric acid to help break down that calcium oxalate. That's super, super important. Well, I an- thought I want to mention that. Yeah. Another thing that I, if I could give you any tip, not on any diet, there's a limit as to how much food you need to eat. So I highly recommend, I don't care what app you use. For me, it was my fitness pal because I could set my limits at 75% car, excuse me, 75% fat, 20% protein, and 5% carb. And mm. I stayed within that limit. Now, that was also a reason why I went to the gym because I wanted to be able to eat more food. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because you can give yourself an extra amount of calories um, than what is set in there. But it helps you to be able to have a, um, a an idea of what you're putting in your body. Um, so you, on any diet, if you want to lose weight, you have to push away from the table, as my mom used to say. Um, mm. With keto, you're you're eating better, you're eating differently, but you're still pushing away from the table. So you right. need to keep up with that. So it's important. Okay. Well, before we wrap this episode, I just want to give you a chance to take the floor and just tell us what you're working on. And if anybody wants to work with you and, you know, take you on as a keto coach, like how they can get in contact with you. Absolutely. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, but you can find me on Facebook. I'm Susie, S-U-S-I-E, 
Elam, E-L-A-M, real like a fishing reel, R-E-E-L. Um, you can also, if you want to know more about keto, you can go to my website at bodybyketoworks.com. And, uh, um, and I really am excited about helping others to be able to get the success that I've been able to find with this lifestyle. And so if you want to contact me, I'd be happy to help. Awesome. Well, Susie, thank you so much for coming back on the show once again. Just like last time, you were an absolute delight to have on the show. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Alpha Buddha. And uh, to everybody listening, again, thank you for tuning in. You could have been listening to anything else, but you decided to spend your time here with us. And for that, we truly appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.